Welcome to the So You're Ready to Date podcast. I'm Lisa. And I'm Angie. And here's what we talk about all things dating, love, and relationships, and most importantly, having fun. Join us for practical advice for dating successfully on your terms. Welcome aboard. And enjoy the ride. Welcome to another fantastic episode of So You're Ready to Date. We are talking about a topic I think that Angie and I, we already went way too long in the prep work for. (laughs) We're talking about communication. And I think her and I both love to talk about how to make your communication styles better, how to make your communication, I should say, better with whoever you're talking to. And today we're going to talk about holiday expectations, how to communicate well so that you both have a wonderful experience and you want to keep seeing each other after the holidays are done and how to maybe avoid some of the not great parts of communication. I think we both have some habits that we're going to talk about in the episode today. So join us as we talk communication, holidays, and all of the fun that that's going to entail. Communication and all of that fun stuff. But before we even get started into communication styles and ways to communicate, let's talk about some of the important things that there are to communicate about because it may not seem like a big thing. We're going about our lives, we're starting to see someone new, we're just getting started in this relationship. And all of a sudden, you have this expectation that they're going to know what you want or what your commitments are to your family or what your commitments are in other areas during the holidays. And they may not, especially if it's only been a couple of dates, because you may have talked about it and they may be paying attention, but people don't always remember every little detail that you talk about, especially with a brand new relationship and kind of going forward and remembering all of those details. So sometimes it is really important to come back around and talk about things that we think should just be a given. Oh, the whole, you didn't read my mind and just figure out automatically. (laughs) That was always like a sticking point between my parents was like, my mom thought it, she thought my dad understood it. And that never (laughs) actually happened. So this is about when you're on those first few dates, are you remembering everything? No, because I'm still kind of remembering, does my hair look okay? I don't have a booger in my nose. Am I making the right amount of conversation? So I think there's so much information that's passed in those early dates that sometimes it is hard to grasp all of the information and to have like directed conversations, because sometimes when you're first getting to know a person, you talk about everything. And so yes, that can include like families. And if we're talking about dating over the holidays, maybe some of your celebrations, but it's all kind of hypothetical, right? We haven't gotten to this point where we're like, oh, okay, we're actually serious about this thing. Maybe we don't know if we're going to see this person beyond one date or two. So maybe they're not absorbing that information yet. So this is when we're starting to get to that point of, I think there might be something here. We want to see where this is going. So how can we start to communicate what our expectations, what our needs are in a way that is always kind and clear so that nobody is walking away from the interaction being like, well, that did just blew up in my face. Right. And it is it can be stuff like holiday baking. Maybe you take a weekend and do holiday baking and that is going to cut in your to your time that you spend together. And maybe you do that with your sister. Maybe you do that with your best friend. Maybe you do that by yourself. Maybe you want them to join you. Maybe you don't. If you're Christian and celebrate Christmas, do you celebrate on Christmas Eve? Do you celebrate on Christmas Day? Do you have multiple family get togethers based on different sides of the family? And how does that look? And what can the 
the person that you're dating expect from that? Are they going to be expected to come? Are they not going to be expected to come? Are they going to be expected to just know when you're not going to be available without talking about it? So I think those are those are a few things. And if Christmas isn't your holiday, maybe it's Hanukkah, maybe it's Kwanzaa, maybe it's who knows, whatever your holiday is, what what does that look like for you? How do you celebrate? Where where do they fit in the picture during this time? Or are you not ready to fit them into your holiday traditions? And how do you delicately have that conversation with somebody who might be more comfortable with fitting you into their traditions before you're ready to fit them into yours? We kind of had this discussion, you know, when it was right, the right time to meet your friends and family back in season one. And this is a very, again, very much an individual situation where somebody may be ready to bring you home <laughs> to meet the entire group of people. And other people are like, nah, not so much. But again, this is where we start to have those conversations about what is my expectation and being very clear about what your expectations of the holiday season look like. What maybe activities are you willing to skip this year? Maybe to make time for this new person or to do stuff with their family? What things are you like, nope, these are non-negotiables. I'm not budging on this so that you have a very clear vision of what you want your holiday season to look like. Ask them to sit down and kind of come up with what their vision of their holiday season looks like. And then maybe see if you can come together and find that compromise, find that middle ground of enough stuff that you get to do and have some fun together, but maybe also space to go be with your families without the pressure of having to bring somebody new home. I love that. That's creating that us version of the holiday and working that into whatever your holiday traditions look like so that you are not neglecting the other person, but you are also not taking that step that you may or may not be ready to take. But if you're not ready to take it, that you're not feeling pressure or it gives you an out so that you can relieve the pressure that you are feeling of bringing that other person into those traditions if you're not ready to introduce them yet. I think we talked about it last week, but it's something that really stuck in my head and maybe it didn't even make it onto the podcast. Maybe it was edited out or we talked about it some other time, but are you really ready to have them in your family pictures forever? Yeah, we, I think we did talk about that. I'm like, are you ready for dad to snip them out? <laughs> out of the side? Are you ready to look back at that holiday and be like, well, that was a mistake. And not saying that it you could look back and be like, oh, that was a fun holiday season, even though this didn't work out. But I think it's like for posterity, you're saving this forever. If you've got like parents or grandparents of a certain generation, those suckers are printed out, and popped up on the wall. So they really are kept around. And are you ready to answer those questions if in a month or two, this kind of all goes south? So being really mindful of what your boundaries are regarding bringing somebody home, because maybe you're not ready for the questions. Maybe you're not ready to integrate those parts of your life. And that's okay. Talking to you about the compromise. Are there ways that you too can start to create your own traditions around this time of year that you both enjoy doing that maybe don't involve friends and family if you're not quite there yet? And so what you had said was really great too, when we're talking about this, how do you see that and creating that picture for yourself before you go talk to the other person involved in this in order to bring value to the conversation and to work through that, it is important to have 
a clear understanding of what your guidelines are, what your expectations are, and what your boundaries are. There's always things to compromise on, but in order to not leave the other person confused during the conversation, it's important to be clear on what you're trying to communicate. So having that vision, sitting down and thinking about it before jumping into a conversation is highly effective. Well, and kind of speaking of that whole ambushing, for maybe lack of a better word, I am very much an internal processor. If you have something big you want me to think about, you're going to need to leave it with me for at least a couple of days because I'm going to have to like overthink it and process it and do all of that stuff. So for me, it would be much better to have like this conversation say, Hey, I want to start talking about the holidays soon on our next date. Can we like come together and have an idea of what we want to do so that I'm prepped for what's coming, but it also gives me time to, to think about it and to process it. And I think that's probably a good idea for just about everybody is to give them that cushion of saying, Hey, I'm not trying to spring anything on you. I want us to have a conversation about it. So Take some time, prepare for this. Let's come back together and then have a discussion where we both feel prepared. And it's not like one person whips out the notebook with all of the list of all the things to do. And the other has this like deer in the headlights look of like, what the heck just happened? Where did this come from? So giving both parties an opportunity to really think about what they want, what they're doing so that you'll have ultimately a more productive conversation because you're both prepared to have said conversation. I think that that's also a very important point is to give the other party a heads up. Now, I am somebody who has a great, mm, I do both. So when I am presented with something, I will mull over it internally and I'll work to process it internally. And then I come and if I can't process it internally, I just need somebody to listen and they don't have to say anything. I remember, I don't know if I even mentioned it on this podcast at one point in time, but I used to have somebody that I used to work with and I would come up with a problem. I wouldn't be able to figure it out. So I'd take it and I'd go stand in their office and I'd say, okay, I have this problem. I'd explain explain the problem. And I would say, Oh, I see. And I would say, thanks for your help and turn around and walk out and they wouldn't even say anything. (laughs) And that happened frequently. So as much as I process internally, or sometimes even on paper, sometimes for me, talking about it helps me process. But as I would call that, and as my significant other would call that it's word vomit. So I always have to say, (laughs) I always have to kind of give some indication that this is going to happen. I'm processing something and it's not coming together for me. So I just need to talk it out. And then he knows he can listen. And maybe if I still can't figure it out on my own, then we might have some dialogue about it. But for the most part, he knows that at the end, I'd be like, okay, that's what I need to do and move on from, from that. So if you process like I do, having that prep ahead of time, letting them know to prep for it. But then if you still need to talk it out, if the person that you're seeing knows that and understands that, that makes that conversation way easier as well. I've gotten myself into a hole about that in the past. (laughs) I always start with, I have this weird question to ask you, word vomit. Because in my head, I have this really suave way of asking the question and then the nerves get the best of me. And I'm like, here's all the stuff I was thinking about. Hope you can process it <laughs> as fast as it's coming at you. <laughs> it goes from the kitchen pantry all the way up to the bedroom. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But I think, you know, some of that comes with 
the beauty of being with a person long enough that you can kind of tell that. But if it's something that you know about yourself, that you have this tendency to blurt, you have this tendency to just kind of explode with information as much as you can a heads up so that people are like, do I stand in the way of this? Can I back up? <laughs> where Where is my role in this whole situation? Because I think a lot of times, especially if you're dating men, the inclination is to want to be able to help. And sometimes that's where we need to be clear as women saying, Hey, I don't need an opinion here. I just need your ears. I just need you to listen. I just need you to help take in this information. I'm going to figure it out, but I just need a sounding board. That is, I think a part of communication that helps everybody. I know where I stand. He knows, or she knows where they stand so that it feels more collaborative. And as, as opposed to, well, I was trying to help and they didn't want my help. I'm like I didn't need your help, but if I don't communicate that, I can't be mad. <laughs> I think that's a great point because that's the masculine energy coming into the equation. They are fixers and they tend to feel bad when they can't fix it and make it better. And as a female, that is not always what I need in my partner. I do sometimes just need an ear and being very clear about that really does help alleviate some of that, which is a little bit off the topic of holiday stuff, but just communication in general in the relationship, that's really important and will in any relationship that you have and will help clear up those expectations when we understand where the other person is coming from and why the other person is responding to whatever we're bringing to them the way that they are, understanding how their brain works, understanding how they process information, understanding how our brains work and how we process information and understanding how to bridge that gap so that at the end, we are all on the same page and we know what is expected of us and they know what is expected of them or we know where the boundaries are and they know where the boundaries are. Especially if you've got family who knows how to push your triggers, pull those buttons, do all of the things. I think that can kind of, you know, we'll bring it back to our initial topic. We're talking about holidays. Just having that general sense of talking about how your family dynamic is so that I can be prepared if I'm in a grouchy mood. It's because I spent X amount of time with this, with these relatives. So preparing your partner so that it's not about ambushing and attacking and just throwing all this stuff at them. It's like, how can we as a collaborative best face these? problems, these issues, talk about this stuff so that everybody comes out feeling good about the situation. Exactly. A couple of things. Number one, if you have a habit like me of, let's take, for example, my boyfriend will say something, whatever it happens to be that he says, and it triggers something in my brain. And I know that what he's thinking doesn't match with what I'm thinking. Sometimes that word vomit just comes out of my mouth. I'm like, well, um, and explode. So from that perspective, it's helpful for me to sit back and really think and give people time to process. So even when I say something, even when I'm talking about something and I'm ready to talk about it because it's been rolling around in my head for a week, but I haven't even had the nerve to give him a chance to prep for it. Remembering that he needs time to process. So letting him take that time and coming back around in a couple of days really can bridge that communication and not expecting them to be ready to talk about something that you're ready to talk about if they haven't been prepared for it. And then on the flip side, if you are 
a little bit more shy, I guess, a little softer spoken. If you wrap things up nicely in a pretty package before you deliver them to somebody, but you're dealing with somebody who really needs you to say what you mean, because opposites attract and that happens. Remembering that at the end, if you clarify, if you clarify things, you're going to walk away with a better understanding of what that is. So in the end saying what I heard you say was what I heard you say is and what I think I'm supposed to do. So my understanding is this and that really helps to clear up confusion and make sure that you're doing what you need to do, what you want to do. They're doing what they need to do, what they want to do, and that you guys are able to come together and fuel this brand new relationship to discover and see where it's going and to see if it's even something you want to continue to pursue. It's like getting outside that comfort zone where you're like, am I communicating in a way that just makes me comfortable or am I communicating in a way that's actually clear and concise and giving them (laughs) provided information? So I think that's, you know, sometimes it's not always going to be comfortable for you as the person communicating that stuff. And I think that's a good point to remember is that, yes, I might be able to couch this in a way that softens the blow, but am I actually communicating the idea I need to get across for that other person to truly understand? Or am I going to have to get a little bit uncomfortable and maybe be a little bit more direct than I'm used to? This is a little far-fetched for holiday conversations, but I like that point in what I'm talking about, not what you were talking about, is a little far-fetched for holiday conversations, because I think that really holiday conversations might be a little bit uncomfortable and kind of figuring out how to navigate that something. But there is a book and it's called Difficult Conversations. And it is a great book if you have never read it. But in there, it talks about that those uncomfortable conversations, even if it's not something that you're comfortable with, are only uncomfortable for about nine seconds, eight or nine seconds. You could do anything for eight or nine seconds. So if you need to have a clear but uncomfortable conversation, just remember it's only uncomfortable until you get the first part of that conversation out. Then whatever happens after that, you're going to be prepared for because the worst has already been said. So remember eight or nine seconds and you can handle that. You can do anything for eight or nine seconds. Geez. When you say eight or nine seconds, you're like, (laughs) (laughs) feels like I now don't have an excuse at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's the point. (laughs) So we'll link some of that stuff down there in the show notes. Maybe we can find a link to the book or something. Not that I want to commit Lisa to any extra work, but we'll see if we can find a link to the book and drop that in the show notes in case you are interested. There is way more value in it than just having holiday conversations and can help you with many different areas of your life. But I hope that we gave you some food for thought regarding how to plan for the holidays, how to set those expectations, and maybe some ways of handling that and working through some of those uncomfortable conversations to relieve some stress. And we really are happy that you are here for our Navigating the Holidays mini series. And we hope you join us for another episode of So You're Ready to Date next week. Don't forget email. So you're ready to date at gmail.com. Holiday horror stories, holiday mishaps, things that went really right. We want to hear all your stories, hear your questions. So be sure to email us again that I'll drop that in the show notes as well, in case you aren't in a place to write it down. But yes, thank you so much for joining us each and every week so that your holidays are going to be just spectacular this year.